1: Discussions over Wiseman, Kuminga, and the Warriors two timeline conversation was a little a little much. All I'm gonna say is football takes the next level.
2: Oh, uh, you know, the thing about football is it's national and I feel like I, I, I just the Warriors, the two timeline stuff never was a national topic. It never was. <laughs> No, a it, was a
1: local, it, was, it was a local – it was a local fan base. Nationally – all- Exactly.
2: Yeah. The angst was local. Nationally, it was, well, the Warriors are – you know, they just need Clay Thompson to come back. Maybe they'll be good. Maybe not, right? They, they've already got their stuff. With the Niners and especially with football and, and quarterbacks, it's – my god. It's every hour. Mike Marks had a take? I haven't heard of Mike Marks' name in like 10 years. Who is that right. guy?
1: He's right. Release. Release looks slow to me.
2: <laughs> like that guy. That guy coached football ten years ago. What does he know about football today? And he got, we got Aaron talk. It just. It's just. My God. Um. But hey, that's the. That's the. That's the price you pay for the most popular sport in America, right? It just no matter. No matter who it is, you're. It's just gonna be nonstop takes from everybody involved. So.
1: Just the the takes economy is loving the Niners quarterback situation, you know, you got, you got Jimmy, you got Jimmy sitting there, like literally can do nothing. Just the fact that he exists to take, um, it's yeah. Anyway. Um, we're absolutely not talking about that. So if you came here for that episode, uh, I have 50 to a hundred podcasts to, to, uh, refer <laughs> you to, but this won't be that one. So, um, Hey Andy, we just rewatched Clay Thompson getting 60 points in three quarters. Um, that's Clay Thompson. Pretty good. I think it's pretty fitting uh,
2: that that the Warriors fans chose to watch this game with just a few weeks left in the training camp. and I think there's so many questions that we have going into this year's training camp. I think not not all like not bad questions. um, but I think one of the things that I'm lo- most looking forward to is how Clay Thompson looks uh, coming into his second season after his two severe injuries because, you and I agree, and we can all say that Clay Thompson was not 100% last season. He gutted out the regular season. He gutted out the postseason, up and down, up and down. But he, he got through all of that, and he was the guy that played the most minutes in the postseason. And so he ended the, the, the season strong. But to me, Sam, it feels like that. Tonight we watch this game, and you're just sitting here, and you're like, what if Clay is that
1: guy again? And I don't think that's too far-fetched yeah i mean I, I I agree with you on the on the basis of you know, I thought what Clay did off of injury exceeded my expectations. He was better last year than I would have thought he would have been given how much time he had off. But then you watch one of these vintage two thousand sixteen or two thousand seventeen games, which we've been doing on playback the past few weeks, and you remember just how special he was. And you remember, you know, as good as he, as as good as he was, gutting it out through the playoffs. Like, there's there's clearly another level of Klay Thompson they can get to, and I think that's one of the more interesting storylines because you follow him. First off, by the way, can we, can we shout out to Clay like doing the title celebration on social media better than anyone? A
2: one, by far the best on the team
1: not not really engaging just like every now and then we'll drop a story where he's like haha i'm a champion and you're not and then it's like a picture of him somewhere doing something really cool like that's how it's supposed to be done it's genuine right i i think it's it's real it's who he is he's not bullshitting
2: you know the steph stuff is it's great but you know steph is always a he's too famous he's always have he, he has a kind of uh uh, an image that he's kind of has to uphold Draymond. we know about Draymond and clutch. We don't have to talk about him., uh, but with Clay, the third guy of this, Clay is just clay, and people and people are always gonna resonate with people who are just people, and uh, Clay is the most honest dude on the team. So when he does this weird dance on the boat, <laughs> everybody, you don't even have to be a warriors fan. It's just like you know this is just the this is the guy that you want to hang out with on the Warriors. That's the number one guy. It's not close. so. Yeah, best best victory lap that the Warriors have uh, so far this off season. I so.
1: Yeah, and 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 still watching it all in your mind, you're you know you also see he gives you glimpses into his offseason workout regimen. You know he's. I I think my favorite thing is he's self aware that he did not play to the level that he wanted to. Like both things can be true. We. Think what he did coming back from injury was really impressive, and also he has it in him to be a better player than that. I think I think so. I think did I lose you, Sam? Or, or just, no, no, I'm right here. Just paused. Okay,
2: I because it feels like to me watching this game tonight that the off ball stuff was the special part, right? The way that he moved off ball. I mean, also. We're going to talk about at some point the way how good that team was. That was the first year, the first KD year. So really, it's you just roll the ball out and they can kind of do whatever they want. So that was part of it, too. But the off-ball stuff that Clay was doing was pretty remarkable. I, I, I feel like you don't ever lose that. I do feel like you lose that when you first come back off injury, fatigue, kind of that initial process of being back to yourself. But it doesn't feel like to me that's explosiveness. It doesn't feel like to me that that shot in his game is going to leave him. I I don't, I don't, I think he gets, that's why I'm so bullish on him. I think, I I think it is.
1: I actually think it is explosiveness. I think the, the difference between peak 2016, 17 clay, who we watched in that game where he's just kind of able to get whatever shot up he wants. And maybe the guy we watched last year is kind of that quickness moving off ball to get whatever shot you want. Like it really is just a split second thing, but I think, I think it's just it's really just about like that little burst plus timing. Those are really the only things because like you watched Clay last year. In my opinion, he looked like Clay. He just looked like half step slower than the guy who was prior, right?
2: Half step slower, both offensively and defensively.
1: I think it was sure. pretty obvious. Def- I think it was
2: worse defensively, much worse defensively. I think sure. offensively the problem with him was just that I think he was trying to get acclimated to play with a brand new team. Pretty easy to play with guys like David West, Sean Livingston, Andre Gadala, Kevin Zaza, right? Just all great passers. <clears throat> I think he came back with a team that kinda he needed to figure out how to play with Jordan Poole and, and Andrew Wiggins. Just guys aren't guys aren't passers, right? They're just a totally different type of ball game, totally different type of player. Um so to me it feels like on offense he's gonna get there. The question for me is defense is, I don't know if he'll ever get back to, oh, he's just going to lock down Damian Lillard <laughs> like whenever he wants. He's just going to guard CJ McCollum and trail around screens all game. I don't know if he ever is going to do that again. Um, but on offense, you asked a good question on the show. You know, How many times how many do you think he goes for 30, 40, 50 points next season? Like The, the clay explosion, we didn't see that much last season. Uh, how many times are we going to see that next season I think is, is exciting. Because even though Steph is the best shooter on the team, I don't think there's a person in the NBA that gets as hot as Clay Thompson.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that um, it's fun watching these old Clay games where it's just like, oh, it's like it's automatic every time he touches it and that sort of thing. And um, I think it's gonna have a few of those this year. I actually um, I do agree with you on the the very basic point that like he thrives off chemistry. So the more games he plays with a Wiggins or a pool, the better he's going to get. Cause like he's going to take those shots, but a lot of the stuff he does is really intuitive, like moving yep. off the ball and that sort of stuff. So I think that part of it will just by nature get better. Like he's always going to be a player who plays better when he has chemistry <laughs> with guys than like, he's a nice old guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, can you imagine him playing with Kaminga and Wiseman
2: in the same lineup? <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> might walk off the court and just go straight home. and Just pick up his bag and just say, eh, "I'm good. Eh, I'm good. I don't need to watch these guys dribble one time and just shoot the rock for no reason again." Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that point is 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 big, which is why I think the clay and pool stuff is exciting. I know there are uh, <laughs> kind of jokes, or maybe not jokes, of people that are say that will say like, "Oh, those guys don't really get along because one guy's a starter, the other guy wants to start." I don't. I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but I do think those guys are a perfect fit together, Jordan Poole and Clay. I think they are made for each other on the court. I think, similar to how Steph and Clay are a perfect fit for each other, I think when you talk about bench units, because because ne- Clay has always been a bench unit guy, that that spark plug in the second second quarter. I think now you get uh, Poole and Clay coming off the bench in the second quarter. I think that's exciting. Those are two guys that should play very well together.
1: Yeah, when you think about like. Uh, asserting like Dante Divincenzo or Moses Moody into the mix there, like it's a lot of Warriors type of players. And um, um, yep. friend of the show, Andrew Bogut, has always said, you know, the Warriors are playing well when Clay Thompson's going off. Um, he he said that like multiple times. Uh, and his point is, when the ball is popping, you'll find Clay. Uh, and Clay is not bashful about shooting it. So. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you have a bunch of passers on the team, Clay's going to be the biggest beneficiary of it. Like Steph's Steph's like, you know, top five all time. It doesn't matter what's going on. He's going to do his thing. You know, Draymond and Wiggins, they know who they are as players. It's not really affected, but Clay is the guy who, if you find that right kind of like synergy, he could score 60 and three quarters. And that's really hard to do. Like, the the amount of players who scored 60 in three quarters in the NBA, like the list is less than 10. That just to put it in perspective. Like we watched it, we love to talk about how explosive Clay is. But when you really think about it, like the list of guys who've done it, it's like Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Not really sure I can name another person off the top of my head who's done it in three quarters. Honestly, that's like that's kind of the type of specialness we're talking about. And when the ball's popping, that's that's who Clay is. You make a good point about the Warriors
2: players uh, last year. They they fixed uh, that issue, right? They got rid of or they, they essentially kind of let go of Ubra and Bazemore and didn't bother kind of bring those guys back because those guys didn't really know how to play basketball. And then they pick up a Bielitsa and Otto Porter and GP2 who pretty much perfectly play Warriors basketball. I think you get the same thing going this season, though. You brought up Dante DiVincenzo. That's a guy that knows how to play Warriors basketball, makes threes, good cutter. Um, I don't, I don't know how much he can dribble, but good cutter, smart player, just your classic Villanova guy. And then you've got Moses Moody, who he I really is, is a classic Villanova guy, <laughs> just big Nova guy, and it always feels Fitz is gonna love him. Oh my, can we talk about Fitz for a second? He's gonna love Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, I, I, I don't know what he's gonna say. I, I actually, I, I know what exactly What's he's gonna say. say? <laughs> coach coach's son, coach's son. <laughs> Uh, the first back cut he's going to make, the first screen he's going to make. That's a Warriors player. Moses Moody, to me, that's a Warriors player. Um, Those are guys that are just going to fit with Clay. I think Jordan Poole has is, is become a Warriors player. The, the dude works so hard his game. He's unders- Dante, he's Dante unders- DiVincenzo,
1: three-year college player. Oh, my God. Jermichael <laughs> uh, Green, another Warriors
2: player. So – you go down the list to me, it feels like the only guy that you can't really say a warriors player yet are just the young players. Cause we don't know. We just, we just don't know if those guys are smart enough to play the way that Stephen Clay and Draymond like to play the, the way that that's made them so successful. Right. Um, but that's the exciting part about, about next season is that, man, you're going to get those, you're going to get those guys that play together again with chemistry, with, with those young kids. I mean, that that's exciting, but, uh, yeah, watching that game kind of reminded me so much of, of how much that team played together. It's just, it felt so different uh, watching that team today. It felt so different versus what we watched last season. How often did we see Steph kind of go ISO or pick and roll in that game against Indiana? Everything was just so free flowing. Uh, and now you watch today's Warriors, and, and it's exciting. There's just so much more on Steph. There's just so much more on Steph every possession versus versus what we saw then but hey that's that's how it is when you when katie's not on the team anymore right so
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: So, so let me ask you this. So we watch some old Clay. We're talking about Clay in general. What What are you specifically looking for from Clay Thompson coming into this year to let you know uh, he's progressing? I That's will be. Out. I
2: will be very. I don't want to say surprised, but I I'm gonna be pretty shocked if he comes and starts guarding ones and twos again. I, does it mean that they're going to? Uh, permanently move him into guarding threes and fours. Is he just going to be the guy that just guards Jalen Brown's now and Jason Tatum's, which is fine because I think he's got the size to do it. And it's not like Jalen Brown's super quick side to side. So, like I think Clay's always been able to guard those guys. But is he only going to be able to guard those guys now? Or if the if the Warriors end up playing the I don't know the Cavs for example, it's a team that's that's top of mind right now. Is Clay able to guard Donovan Mitchell and or Darius Garland? Like that's something that I'm looking forward to because if you've got teams and almost every team now has two very good playmakers, one one guy Wiggins is going to guard. Who's going to guard the other one? And, and is Clay going to do that? And uh, that's something I don't know. Last we saw, he did he did he did a very good job on on the Boston Wings near the end of the series. I thought he did a pretty good job in Jaw in Game Three, but wasn't very good in Game One, right? So that's one guy, Luca. He struggled and then kind of figured it out. So can Clay kind of become that that uh elite one-on-one assignment
1: defender? I'd love to yeah. I'd love to see it. For me, the other thing is how he does guarding bigger guys. Um, he's been pretty good at it in general in his career. Like he's been more famous for guarding small guards. He's been more famous for like, I got damn, I got this, you know, that sort of thing. I think Jordan Poole's due for a big year. And I think By virtue of that, Clay's going to have to play more 3-4, which brings the question, can he change the game playing defense at those positions? I think he can. I think he has it in him. I think he's always been a physical defender, and he's better guarding guys physically than uh, using quickness. But it'll be something I'm very curious to watch. Really? You think – so uh – to the Jordan Poole
2: point, that that's the one. The other thing you, you think about with the Warriors is kind of the closing lineups, right? Because is 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 Clay going to be essentially long-term playing playing four or playing three?
1: I was thinking of yeah. three, but yeah.
2: <laughs> they might need him to play the four. Andrew I, Wiggins is perfect as the three if, if with, you're going to close with, with, the with the five, man Yeah, I mean, they might need him to if you're going to close with Stephen Poole, right? Uh, or I guess you know what what do you do with that if Clay if is gonna have a big year but again, we'll find this out months from now. Um, but that that's one guy where I don't think we're worried about it. I don't think I'm worried about Clay. It's just a matter of how how much how good is he gonna be. How much better is he gonna be than last year? Because I think at the minimum he's gonna be a plus player. he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be probably eighty percent of who he was back then, but man, if you can't get back to that guy. Um the other thing I'm looking at from Clay is is uh is how he's gonna function in the offense. Um it seemed like he dribbled a lot more last season for no reason. I think part of that was chemistry, like we're talking about.
1: Part of that. A play gets broke off and he's like, well, I gotta make a play right now. That
2: type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that was, a little, uh, that was a little a little nuts, but I think it was I think it was frustration. I think it was, hey, I'm not gonna get the ball when I'm moving. So I might as well just kind of do what I need to do on the ball. That's not really his game. So I'm curious if he brings that back. I remember the the funny stuff about him making passes and stuff like that. It's not really – that's not really what we want to see from Clay, But uh, I'm curious to see what happens there. But I think some of that just goes back to, to the longer you play with Jordan Poole and, and Andrew Wiggins, the better. The better it's going to be. Um, The, the, the Poole stuff is interesting that you talk about him having a big season. It's a lot of money on the table for him. A lot of money depending on how good he's going to be.
1: Um, next season. Well, I just I okay. So just being honest about it, look at the roster right now. Most of the roster seems situated to have Wiggins play the four and Draymond play the five in closing lineups. That's the way I'm looking at it. Like unless you think Wiseman or Looney are closing games, uh, Looney. Well, Looney, well, Looney, Looney, not Wiseman, Looney. Some, but I think they're going to go small a lot. And when they go small, um, you know, it could be, I think it'll be pool, but it could be Moses Moody could be,
2: could be oh, another gosh. wing. Steve
1: Kerr will do that. Right. Steve Kerr will go wing. Yeah. It's a, you yeah. Well. All, yeah all, all I'm saying is um, Clay's going to probably have to play up a position a little bit. And like, that's kind of part of the reason Clay's great is it doesn't really matter. He's huge for a wing anyway. So I'm curious to see how it plays out because I think that they're going to have a little more versatility with the roster, but it does require clay and honestly, it require it requires clay and Wiggins to play up a position more than anyone. Like we're used yeah. to Draymond doing it, we're used to Steph doing it a little bit. It's got to be those guys who play up the position. Yeah, that that's
2: the, but that's the quandary that they had in the postseason is that they couldn't they couldn't keep that. Steph Claypool trio on the court. Even no matter how great it was offensively, they couldn't do it.
1: But, yeah, but they have reg- in the regular season. Exactly, in the regular right. season though, yeah. And yeah, I exactly. think honestly, exactly. I think they got away with it better in the playoffs than I expected. You know what I mean? So, so did they get away? um they did. They got a lot of minutes out of it. They got a lot in, like, against Denver. Denver. Denver? No, against everyone except for Boston, honestly. Well bit. I, I don't I think they didn't want to go back to that
2: lineup after Memphis.
1: I think they went to it early in every series and later in the series they avoided it. But that's that's the thing. Can you can you improve to play it more? You know? Because yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, clearly the that's most the one, it's yeah. clearly the most talented lineup. And like a lot of it comes down to will Jordan Poole take steps on defense. Like that's a that's the unspoken thing we're talking about right now, and by unspoken, I mean I just haven't been honest and like <laughs> obvious about it. But, like, will Jordan Will Jordan Pool improve defensively to make the lineup uh, a little easier to play? And, I
2: mean yes, and and yes, because he's not he's he's in the Donovan dot Mitchell ilk where you know it's not like Jordan Pool a small guy. He's, a dude, the dude's got enough he, size. He can work. do, but
1: he can do better.
2: He can do. Better. He could exactly. He should be better. Uh, to your point, Wiggins has shown he can play the four. I mean, maybe he, you know, maybe shouldn't be banging against your cats or or Jaron Jacksons every night, but he's shown that he can play the four uh, in big moments. And then to your point with Clay, I think he can play the four. I've seen him guard Kevin Love in the NBA Finals one on one. He should be able to get rebounds when he wants to do it. How often do you want to do that in the regular season? Because it's it's a long season, maybe not long, but also. Like you said, that's your most talented five. But I'd argue that it's not the most best fit. It's not the best fitting five because I, I, I do think Kevon Looney is freaking good. <laughs> it's insane how, how impactful he was uh, the last three, two and a half years series in the postseason it was insane so you know maybe that was a fluke i don't know but 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 regardless they're gonna play so much steph Poole, clay lineups even in non-crunch time i I think all of this doesn't even matter they're gonna play so much of that in 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 the regular season we're gonna see how good it is um with those three guys
0: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial
1: All right, let me let me ask you this before we open it to the goons. Clay Thompson, how good will he be this year? Will this be relative to previous seasons? Is this your – what do you expect to see from Klay? Will he be an all-star I, this year? The
2: more – yeah, I think he's going to be a all-star. I do. Ooh. I, I, I think part of it is – Is Is it because Donovan Mitchell moved east? <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Love the trade, by the way. Maybe we should talk about that for five minutes later on. Um, I think part of it, part of it's going to be, hey, he's back. Um, he's back. He's come back from two injuries. He just won a championship. He's Clay Thompson. He's going to be an All Star. That's part of it. The second part of it is, I, I do think the more I really think about it, the more you hear about Clay, he is going to be back to who he was before. Uh, it really is. Um, we keep saying, and I keep worrying about if he's going to guard the small guards, but that doesn't matter when people talk about All Star. Um, and I do think he's just going to be back to that player who he was before. It reminds me of the guy that he's playing right next to him. We think to have, dude, dude. You bring up the Niners again. I'm I'm, I'm, walk- <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking off the set like a like a, I was watching a Jim Rome clip the other day of oh Jim Rome getting punched by a, I forget what that quarterback's name is, but Jim Rome was holding him on. Anyway, uh, Steph- that's who it was. That's what the clip was, Chris. I mean, maybe, Chris maybe Everett. Yeah, maybe you sent it to me. I thought it was great. Classic Rome, dude. Um, Steph's gonna be 35, and we think he's gonna be the best player in the world. What's what's why can't why can't Clay do that, right? Clay's bigger. Clay's healthy. Uh, he's a shooter. He doesn't rely on explosiveness. He's never a guy. He's not Russell Westbrook out there. He's not James Harden. James Harden can't move. That's not what we're expecting from Clay, right? So I think those two guys are going to age. We've always said those two guys are going to age amazingly. And uh, by believing that, that makes you believe that he's going to be as good as he was before. Maybe I don't think he'll ever get back to 2019 against Toronto. Best player on the floor type of thing. But, you know, I think that's as close as you can get to to where Clay was um, before injury.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- I'm curious. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. I think he's gonna be really effective, but I need to see it a little more. But with that said, I wanna ask you. Do you think Clay scores fifty again next year? <laughs> uh, dude, without a doubt. Without a
2: doubt, he's gonna score fifty because part of Clay's Ooh. part of Clay's thing is that he plays he gets so insanely hot when he's in rhythm. And it never felt like to me he was in rhythm. To you, did it ever feel like to you he was in rhythm when he came back? In a couple games, Eighty, eh? no,
1: yeah, I No, he's was working through it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a big game. Game six Clay. And yep, he has some good regular season games Ooh,
1: but- in the in the yeah. in the chat, he's saying he's gonna get fifty on ring night. It would not shock me if Clay opened the season on just an and in like isn't that kind of the thing with Clay? Would it would it uh would it surprise you if he scored 52 on opening night? No. Would it surprise you if he was cold for the first 20 games of the season figuring it out? No. You know, like, you've seen that. That kind of that kind of speaks to just the talent level where you're just like, I'm I can't really react to it either way because I know he's got like insane shot making ability in him. And and I think
2: I, I just thought about this. The reason why I always believe in it is we saw him in that Boston series struggle. And he hit the biggest game of the you could argue he hit the biggest game of the series. You can't argue who the best player was. It was Steph Curry by far. Best game, Steph Curry by far, best performance, et cetera. But you can argue that Clay hit the biggest shot of that series on a pass by Steph, by the way, who was doubled at half court. Right <laughs> over Robert, right over Robert Williams, with about three minutes left to go in game four when the Warriors have been down the entire game. And Clay comes down and he's ice cold and he just pops a three and he just goes, All right. And the Warriors are one. And 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 you and I sat there, and I think all Warriors fans sat there. One, you knew that shot was going in because it's Clay. And two, you knew that fucking game was over. (laughs) You knew that fucking game was over when he hit that shot because they weren't gonna lose that one point lead. They had taken three and a half quarters to get that lead. And the moment Clay shot that shot, and you just and you're just like, That's Clay, that's freaking Clay. That's Clay. He struggled so bad. In the first in the first game of that series, you're just sitting there, the first two games, you're sitting there like, dude, are the Warriors screwed, and he hits the biggest game in the series. This guy's insane. He makes
0: no sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. That is a factual statement. Got one other question here. I, I like this one. Before we uh, move to the callers from Holden, the real question is how many wins for the Toxic Suns this year? No,
2: that one's for you. That one's for you. That's your team.
1: A team, I mean, they're gonna win. They're gonna win fifty-two games, and they're gonna be mediocre. Let's be real. They weren't good to begin with. That's where I'm at. All right, um, let's let's open this to callers. We'll keep moving. Get Aaron up here, Aaron. What's up, my man? Yo, 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 guys. Uh, what's more likely, uh,
2: Clay getting a Clay? Or or Steph getting 15 threes this season? Steve Kerr recently came out and said that they're playing with house money to let it rip, and uh, maybe he gets a change in his coaching style and says, "Fuck it, let's uh, let's go for the records." Um, because he's kind of been coaching them as though how he was coached, and that's kind of low key uh, not the best on Steph and Clay. So if, he, if they're gonna let it rip, is is 15 in a game more likely to happen, Ooh. or? uh or a 70 piece from Steph. Oh my oh. god. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. I mean, that might Aaron, that might that might happen in the same fucking game. First off, if Steph hits 16 threes and doesn't push push 70, I'm just confused. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay. I, those are great questions from Aaron. So I want to, Andy. I'm gonna ask you this. More likely to hit 15, Steph or Clay? Steph. I might go Clay. I think Clay's Clay, uh, one Clay's more likely to go nuclear. Two, uh, I don't think teams can trap him to stop taking him the way. Like when Steph hits like ten in a row, you see teams, you see teams like <laughs> throw five really, guys at him. Get the popcorn vendors out there, like no, no we can't let him. Like it, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird ego thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas like with Clay, they're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs>
2: Clay also takes crazier shots than uh than Steph. Uh we watch we watched Clay tonight hit a shot where he's running baseline and he has this left shoulder pointed to the to the out of bounds, the side out of bounds, and uh, he just he just turns back over his right shoulder, falling the other way towards the bench and shoots a three and makes it because he's clay without dribbling the ball. Uh versus Steph. Steph shoots crazy threes, he always will. But Steph always shoots in rhythm. Even if they're crazy, they're in rhythm. He puts a, he puts a shimmy. He goes dribble crossover, or he does a head, or does a step back, or something like that. With clay, it's just uh, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, I could go left shoulder, right shoulder. I could be falling down. I could be jumping
1: sideways. It doesn't matter. It's going up. Yeah. Um. All right. Seventy piece. Who's the most likely player to get seventy? Kuminga, I got you.
2: <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, big Jimmy.
1: Stop. Who's I most likely to win at 70? Jordan Poole. Jordan,
2: oh, I, I think it, I, I, that's, that's a sneaky guy. That's a sneaky guy, right? That, that's a guy where I would think, huh? He might, because if you think he's gonna have a big year, he's the guy that's. He's the guy that's going to be able to get a shot off whenever he wants if he's playing next to Stephen Clay. I mean, that's part of the. I mean, I, I keep going back to the Milwaukee Bucks, man. We saw the Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks play this pretty insane defensive scheme where they just put two guys on stuff the whole game. And all Clay and Poole did was, you know, we're just going to shoot wide open shots and not miss today. And they won that game going away. So I, I think that's a sleeper pick. I think Jordan Poole is a sleeper pick to go for. Maybe not 70. But I think he's going to have his fair share of pretty explosive offensive case, especially if you think he's going to make a lead, which I know
1: you think he is. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. Um, no, that's a fair point. And when you think about it, who's the the player Steve Kerr is most likely to keep in the fourth quarter with a blot going on? Also Jordan Poole. <laughs> that's a good point. So, you know, th- there's a decent chance. I like it. 70 is a little aggressive, but I, I might throw – I might throw a bet on Poole getting 50 pieces. Yeah, 50 piece makes sense. I think that's logical. Yeah.
2: Um I think there's a uh I think there 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 could be a couple big Kuminga games. I think that's kind of another guy that I think is you know the more I think about this offseason, the more I do think if there's going to be a a guy that makes a Jordan Poole-ish type of leap, it is Kuminga. Um he's had a pretty disappointing offseason thus far. Pretty disappointing summer league. The the Congo stats don't look great. His uh, you know the Warriors players always have some snide remarks to say about him, but I do think that's the one guy that has the potential to to make that leap as a player. Where all of a sudden we're looking at Kaminga the season after next, and we're saying, holy shit, this guy's
1: gonna be a star. That's the guy. That's obvious though. We all knew that. Yeah, I mean, I think we are have to. Th- I think we have to wait and see. Where I'm at right now is we are – Lou, we are less than 10 days away from NBA camp starting. And I think I'm going to leave it here. I think Uh, we're going to have to wait. Oh, go for it, man. No, I I was just saying I was just
2: looking at the schedule because, you know, I'm a last-second type of guy. I had no idea. I knew that the Warriors were playing in Japan, but uh, it's a 3 a.m. West Coast start, Samuel. So uh, I expect – you and everyone in here that are listening to be watching that game on playback with Sam live. Oh, we, oh uh, we're oh <laughs> we're
1: doing we're do, we're doing three a 3 a.m. watch along. It's about to be. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna give everyone a week before I was ready to spring it on them, but we're doing it. 3 a.m. We are logging on. We're watching this game together.
2: <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. So hey, we appreciate everyone. Couple watch parties left of uh of the last couple replays left um everyone subscribe and we're
1: and we're gonna get into it preseason appreciate everyone you know we're getting we're getting there we're ramping up we're ramping up we're getting there andy it's almost time man dude watching these clay games i just get excited i get excited about what could be on the season but another week another week another week of lost bets because i lost the survivor pool week one you did. betting in the Broncos. You did,
2: oh man! I put
1: my money, I put my money on the Broncos. What a dumb fucking oh, decision!
2: Let's ride, right. let's ride. Right. I'm alive, baby. I got my Lamar Jackson Ravens. Uh, I'm ready to go.
1: I was saving that pick because of it. I don't know. Yeah, tell me, you tell me do who that. you got. You tell can't me
2: do you got. that. Oh, easy. Joe Burrow comeback game against the Dak Prescott lisp Cowboys. I'm going go all the way. I'm going all the way.
1: You care a lot? You care a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, appreciate it, one.